Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast, Christmas edition here on the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James H. Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group, and I'm joined here, as always, by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Happy holiday, man. How you doing, Josh? Man, happy holidays to you. You know, California, nice and compared to everywhere else. Compared to everywhere else, yeah. Warm, warm, you know. yes, <laughs> warm. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know. It, it's crazy out there, and it makes me wonder. I mean, that's the last thing UCLA needs is to go out of state somewhere for a bowl game and uh, have a reason not to play in the bowl. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but you know, it's just like they can't ever just play a bowl game. <laughs> I was reading something before we got on about um. Some event, or I don't know if it's a whole fan festivity weekend stuff, but it's like the day before the game. Like, there's stuff that's being, um, they canceled an event, not because of the weather, but because they had some other stuff going on. Um, something down there in, in, in El Paso or whatever. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't read too much about it to like really comment on it or say what it is, but it's just like it, it just, perked my ears up a little bit because i'm like oh man they're like are we getting into something where it's going to be another reason to cancel the game but they don't they don't want to see chip in a bowl game they don't they don't want to they, <laughs> they don't want them to have nothing nice um but no i i think the game will go uh according to plan uh well i mean i said the same thing for the holiday bowl last year i was about an hour into my drive on the freeway josh and then my my editor calls me and tells me that the holiday bowl is canceled i'm like no it's not i'm on my way and two hours before the game, it was canceled. So anything right. can happen. Um, but speaking of that, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, we're going to be talking about the future uh, for UCLA football here. Obviously, signing day is now behind us. Um, I was out and about talking to some of the, the new signees and uh, was looking for one that actually didn't sign. We'll be talking about that a little bit more uh, in this episode. But I do want to start off with some of the rumblings and some of the things that have happened today. We kind of have a better idea of, of who's not going to be a part of the future for UCLA and its roster kind of going forward, um, you know, and, and maybe part of the reason why they had to go ahead and fill in uh, some of these roles for the future here with the signing day class. But um, we'll start with Casimir Allen, who has not practiced since the season finale um, against Cal. And he's just he's kind of been inactive, probably uh, still healing up with some injuries and some different things. I know he was kind of banged up there the last couple games of the season, um, but goes ahead and declares for the NFL draft today. Um, Chip Kelly spoke to the media. I think he, even it was obviously I know I mean, I know for a fact it was before Caz uh, made his announcement. But um, obviously, by that point, I would think Chip Chip knows and is aware of it. But Chip said um that him and Raekwon O'Neal, Kaz Allen and Raekwon O'Neal um, have not practiced at all during uh, since the season finale. So um, their status is still kind of up in the air on whether they'll play in the Sun Bowl. It makes me wonder, now that we know that Casimir Allen has declared for the NFL draft, if he will play in the bowl game. Um, I think maybe, he, I mean, they, they, he, Chip Kelly didn't necessarily rule it out, 
Um, but I think they just need at least at the very least, even get him at practice um, if he is going to play. So that kind of remains up in the air. Um, but congratulations, congratulations to um, what I tweeted him as um, for his position, offensive weapon, Casimir Allen. Um, just your thoughts on on Casimir Allen and everything he's done. Um, you know, we're getting a new recruiting class coming in, Josh, but then you're starting to see some of the guys that that came in after you. Uh, start going on and having NFL futures now or or going through the process for an NFL future. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kaz Allen? Fast to speed. I mean, mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, one of the first things I heard about him when he was coming in, just, oh, we're getting this, this kid, uh, one of the fastest in the state, one of the fastest in the country. Uh, and, you know, with Chip, it was like, oh, this is supposed to be one of those D'Anthony Thomas type, type guys. Mm-hmm. And I just um, love seeing, Kaz's growth throughout the years, you know, playing running back, playing receiver, um, you know, special teams, just doing everything. And it, it's just shown like when he gets the ball in his hands, how much of a, like a weapon, like you said, he is. Um, so, you know, wish nothing but the best for him and, and, and his future moving forward. Um, hopefully he, he'll be healthy and um, could play in this bowl game. Cause I, I mean, I think it wouldn't hurt. Um, to play in the bowl game, just to even continue to rise the stock. Yep. Um, go out and you know, show out. You know how you know scouts could be good questioning like, can he stay healthy because he's not? He doesn't. You know, doesn't want to play mm-hmm. in a bowl game or or couldn't make the season and he couldn't play in the bowl game or whatever. Um, but like I said, wish nothing but the best for him. You know, and excited to see what he does move forward. I mean, teams could use a you know something like yeah. that. Like like I said, like you can coach all these other things, but mm-hmm. you know. You can't speed. coach speed, really. You yeah. can't coach speed. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's going to open, you know, concede to open a lot of doors for him in the return game, a receiver, running back. Like overall, like I said, like weapon, um, a team should find a way to to pick him up and use him. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that alone will make him an interesting uh, draft prospect real quick. And we'll talk about John Gaines next here in a minute. But I'm just kind of curious on the process. This was something I was thinking of um, because, again, I was wondering, I'm like, why? You know, I I kind of knew all along maybe he wasn't going in the transfer portal because if that was the case, he would have put his name in already and he would have been, you know, trying to do all that and land somewhere already. So I, I knew the transfer portal wasn't an option. Um, I've always heard, <clears throat> especially for guys, you know, and, and maybe this was part of like for Charbonnet and DTR last year, right? Is you're waiting to hear, uh, I guess you can kind of put in and get NFL feedback and, you know, get a, some sort of consensus on that. Um it made me kind of wonder if maybe that was part of it, but I do know that Kaz was kind of banged up um, from the last couple games to end the season. But um, I'm just kind of like, what was, was the process for you? Anything like that where you apply or I don't know, how how do you get feedback? Did you, did you get any feedback from NFL or? I mean, that? until I, I got hurt the second time, I was kind of hearing things of when I should go or I'm like projection, stuff like that. But um, I come back off an of injury a lot of stuff was me just talking to, you know, Chip, talking to the coaches mm-hmm. and just, you know, just going from there. Um, and I had a lot of discussions. And like I said, I was trying to get another year right. at the end because I had, you know, talked to Chip, talked to Coach Azanero, um, talked to Coach Kafusi, talked to Coach Pelham, really just like, um, what, like, what, yeah, what are, what are you hearing from scouts? What are you hearing from teams? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, these, these teams, they, I mean, these coaches know, you know, kind of what's going on. Yeah. They hear a lot of things. Um, and coming off of injury, like they felt best, like me coming back would have been the best option. I just 
with compliance, I wasn't able to get the extra year mm -hmm. and had to just go, you know, all in to just, you know, to the next level. I wasn't trying to um, try to fight the NCAA to get the extra year. Yeah, Cause it was, yeah. that was the thing too. I could have tried to fight it, but then that'd have been a long process. And then for Cad's situation, like I hope like the top two people he's probably talked to is Chip and, um, and um, coach Foster, because you know, those are the guys that should know the most and have the most wisdom when it comes to, especially, uh, I'd say Coach Foster for Cavs probably somebody mm -hmm. that he's trusted, you know, since day one, a real, you know, a pro guy, somebody that's tapped into the next level. So, yeah, no doubt about it. I and I think th that's another interesting point that you brought up, like when you go about asking the coaches and stuff like that, and what are they hearing? And I guess I never thought of it that way, but that's a good point because when I'm out at practice, sometimes, um, you know, I I always see these random dudes walking around. They have clipboards and different things, and I'm like, who are these? And I always have my binoculars out at practice because you know they kind of tuck us away in the corner. Um, I'll kind of look out sometimes, and and sometimes you can't necessarily see the logo on the shirt, but I can tell they're scouts. And every once in a while, I'll I'll always see this huddle um, around the conditioning coach um, Keith Belton, um, and. And I'm like, why? I'm always part of me is always like, why are they always talking to Keith Belton? Maybe that's just what I always see or whatever. But there's been like once or twice I've seen a nice little huddle around him. And, you know, he's probably talking about, you know, maybe the the growth and development he's seen from them just body wise. Right. And and, and just from a, an appearance standpoint and and how their conditioning is, how they do in the weight room and stuff like that and conditioning and um, how they've shaped and retooled their bodies and different things like that. But um, you know, any, any injury concerns, how they bounce back, recover from injury maybe, but, um, I've always found that interesting, but I would assume, yeah, maybe they're, they're talking to the position coaches when they, you know, I'm sure a lot of these guys are talking to Sean Foster about Zach Charbonnet, right. And want to know every little nook and cranny and everything they're, they're talking to Ryan Gunderson about DTR. He's the quarterback coach and stuff like that. So, um, I think that's an interesting perspective. Um, one guy that I, I guess assumed, I mean, I didn't know for sure he would come back. I, I'm checking, I'm typing now. I want to see what his eligibility is. But John Gaines, um, he is a guard. Uh, he had one, two. Okay, yeah, that's right. Actually, he was a 2018 guy too. So this was his last year. So I should have just known off the jump that this was his last year. But he's going to be in the NFL PA Bowl at the Rose Bowl. So he's actually going to have one more game in the Rose Bowl. Uh, John Gaines is, which so good for John. Uh, being able to play in the Rose Bowl one more year, but he's a fifth year guy. Um, he started 12 games for UCLA this year and, and helped them average over 200 yards rushing for a third straight year. So John gains a big part of what they do on that offensive line. Um, you know, we'll talk about the scene, uh, the signing day class and, and the early class that UCLA has coming in and even the transfer portal where they went and got some offensive linemen. And this is why, because uh, you're having a guy like John Gaines that's going to be moving on from the program. Moffey's another guy that's going to be moving on from the program. So they have to uh, retool the offensive line a little bit. And I know that was something that uh, some of the UCLA fans on Twitter have been in my ear quite a bit about. Um, they need offensive line. They need offensive line, stuff like that. So um, I still think maybe they'll get another one out of the portal maybe. But uh, any thoughts on John Gaines, another guy uh, from 2000 that from that 2018 class, Josh, who's going on and uh, going to test the NFL waters and see uh, what happens here with John. Um, You know, I've, I feel like we've talked about John Gaines before just being like mm -hmm. a really, really like good guy, great character, like and growing into that leadership role. Um, I'd be excited to see what he does, not only um, 
at the the PA game, but I mean, in the future moving forward, like I think like the way his personality is and his character that he'll be successful in any realm that he you know gets into, um, and and hopefully in the NFL, I mean, I think he'd be a great a great glue guy to have. Mm-hmm. That would, you know, can play any of the interior positions and, and and help, you know, build up guys around. Like just having somebody of that type of IQ in your room um, just makes your team better. And um, an- another one that's going to be moving on here was Jake Bobo, the receiver, um, finished up his eligibility. Um, he is going to be playing in the Sun Bowl. He has confirmed. I mean, they uh, they the media did ask him. Um I'll talk about what DTR said in a little bit, but um, yeah, did I do? Yeah, we. I, I'm trying to remember. So much has happened, Josh, that I can't remember what we talked about in the last podcast and what has all has happened since then. But I'll get to DTR in a minute. Um, but real quick on Jake Bobo, um, also accepting an invitation to the East West Shrine Bowl, so he'll be joining Mafi and DTR in Vegas for that. Um, you know, and he has good size and everything too. But he was mm-hmm. also named in, in um all. Uh, an all-american academically an academic all-american more or less um I th- i'm not sure if he got like first team all-american but he got like all-american so not just pac-12 all-american um academic all-american but i think just ncaa all-american um so shout out to jake bobo for that um getting it done in the classroom and out on the field and as chip calls it books and ball um bobo was no different even though he was only here for one year comes in from one year from duke and uh does his thing and you know but that but that's what you want and and someone uh jesse uh told me on twitter that i think when you can say you're a program that you know in in terms of recruiting and telling that next generation of guys you can say hey look we're sending guys and, and getting them nfl ready so when you you could point to a john Gaines, you can look at kaz allen you can look at jake bobo you can look at dtr you can look at charbonnet and um tell the recruits hey this is what we're doing over here and you, and you can show some of that so I think that's good. Um, obviously, Kyle Phillips last year went to the East West Shrine Bowl as a UCLA receiver and did his thing and did nothing but improve his stock and make himself look like a diamond out there. So uh, Jake Bobo will have the same opportunity now to do the same. Speaking of Zach Charbonnet, still haven't heard too much from him on that front um, regarding where he's if he's going to be in the senior bowl or whatnot. I'm not sure what the deal is. I think maybe they're just keeping everything still kind of low key. Uh, I mean, I guess because he still has a year of eligibility, like he can still come back. Josh, what? He's not coming back. Oh, dang. Don't, I was don't, even, to... <laughs> don't even get any, I was gonna say, wait. hope. I was going to say, what if he's coming back? He's considering coming back. No, um, I think it's a safe bet that he's gone. But it's still up in the air on whether or not he'll be playing in the Sun Bowl. Uh, they didn't get it to the media, didn't get a chance to talk to Charbonnet this week. But they did get a chance to talk to DTR, um, was soaking it in because it, he knew that was going to be his last time, at least out a- after a practice talking to the media. And they asked him, um, are you going to be playing in this game? And, and you know, he kind of danced around it a little bit and, and kind of said, it. you know, he's going to talk to all the people he needs to talk to and stuff like that. Um, but he said he, he likes being out there with the guys, um, as always. So he's been doing some of that. And even Chip Kelly kind of said, that he's been taking all of the reps or at least all of like the first team reps. And, and we were kind of talking about some of that last time. Um, I, I think he plays, I don't know if they're doing the gamesmanship thing. I don't know if I've known UCLA to really do the gamesmanship kind of thing. Um, 
and like not have like keep it a secret on whether DTR is going to play or not. But I feel like they do that a lot. I mean, not to not. I just feel like why for us not like why for the bowl game though. I guess is maybe the thing for me. Like, I mean, yeah. I know they I know they do it a lot. Like, I mean, they've done it before where they had DTR practice the whole week and then he doesn't play. But I just feel like in terms of like, I don't know. I mean, they haven't been in a lot of bowl games since I started covering the team, but I just feel like it's the end of the year. There's so many other things going on. Like, are we really all going out of our way to like, I don't know, hide the fact that like if you're practicing this much, you're playing at this point. You you kind of you need to be playing at that point. If you're I would hope so. <laughs> if you're doing all that because you're taking away from other guys but um him he's been a full go at practice charbonnet's been a full go at practice um so if you just read into that you're assuming they're playing um again they kind of asked dtr do, you know charbonnet's been practicing too do you know if he's playing and he said no um uh, like he doesn't know for sure but you know he has been practicing so yeah i think even even bobo kind of indicated like no one has said that they weren't sitting no one has said they were sitting out you know so jake bobo's under the impression everyone's playing so i'll say if, if anybody were to sit out not like not like just because stock wise and what they stock can do wise, yeah it, to me i think it'd be charbonnet i mm-hmm. feel like he's been a because he was like what all american yeah, like second team like, all American and yeah, so one and, of the and everything, one of the, yeah. One of the top three backs and like mm-hmm. solidified. I'd like okay, but I don't think it's he hasn't shown any of that like to sit out type mm-hmm. character. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't see that being him. Like, I feel like he is, only people hold, like have ever held him out is probably the coaches holding him off the field mm-hmm. because of stuff, but like never himself. Like, yeah. We never hear much about, you know. No. I mean, we don't hear much from him in general, but that's kind of the that's kind of the mystique in, in everything that comes with Zach Charbonnet. But no, like like I, I don't know if he's gonna be a day one guy just because they don't draft running backs on the first day in the first round anymore. Or it's rare. It's it's kind of hard to do. And and it, even if that there's a few other running backs that are gonna be in the draft, Illinois Chase Brown, Blake Corum, uh Bijan Robinson. And some of those guys may even be drafted ahead of him. I just so, feel like he's a lock. No, he's a yeah. lock in like what? a first two days. Like, oh, I think he's a day two guy for sure. And like, that's I what don't I'm think, saying. I don't I, think any he has to like prove any any right. like any any scout doubting. Like he's one of the guys mm-hmm. I've never I haven't seen anything bad, mh-hmm. which is hard. Yeah, like you because you like some people like are they'll really find something like scouts and yes. people on Twitter, like you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I have never seen a bad tweet <laughs> yeah, right about about yes. I've heard I've seen bad tweets about a lot of other people I have never seen a bad tweet about mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet yeah it's kind of like yeah even when he fumbles the ball and it's like well he rarely ever fumbles the ball and it's it like when it's like is it was it that's not him like yeah that, like, it oh, wasn't him you, know? you start finding other you start making reasons why it wasn't his fault um you know even when he loses the yard it's like. I mean, he's only given up like he probably hasn't even given up more than 50 yards total in the time he's been at UCLA, like on a on a carry. Like he probably only has total like 50 total yards for a loss. Um, So, yeah, the, I, but th- that's the thing with the NFL process is like the NFL draft process is they'll find I'm I'm excited to see what they try to like what they try to say is wrong with him. 
if that makes sense because that you know oh his arms are small like or something like they're gonna they're gonna find some reason because they're you can't say he has uh an issue you know running he doesn't run backwards he doesn't lose the ball a whole lot he's not you know find something wrong with the man i dare the most you. consistent mm-hmm. player these past two years the only knock i have on him is he's not the best interview but outside of that i mean <laughs> but at, there's not a but lot so, of guys, but a know? team might might knock him in the process for that you're saying yeah. like no yeah not wanting his personality to be a certain way a team might find it like okay like he might not be our type of guy but like mm-hmm. like i think he, he's the everybody else should play in my opinion mm-hmm. um yeah to continue to you know build their stock up to compete with other guys uh in this in this draft class so Bo Calvert said he was going to play. I just remember that uh, listening to that interview. He said he was going to play and they kind of asked him what what went into your decision. He's like, well, heck, you know, we're barely getting to play. Like now we're getting the chance to play in a bowl game. So why would I not? You know, so for him, it it sounded like it was an easy decision for him. Um, He's out of eligibility as well uh, from what I remember. So, you know, you're going to get the a good game and you're going to get some fun memories and that final hurrah for guys like Bo Calvert, Mo Osling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, uh, I think they talked to seven Blaylock recently. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of catching everyone up on what's going on with the sun bowl. Um, that game's about a week away from the time of recording this. Um, you know, we'll kind of wait and see how things play out and maybe on the next episode, spend a little time on that whole situation. Um, and what else we learn from now and then. But Josh, we had signing day happen. There was all the talk about Dante to LA, if it was going to happen, if he was really going to come, if he was going to commit, he commits, but then everyone's nervous. Josh, I hear something that if UCLA is going to start, you know, big 10 recruiting and recruiting guys that are past Colorado and Arizona, they're going to have to get used to. So it's like once you start seeing these tweets from recruits saying they signed and they do the fancy graphic and everything, they say, welcome to Westwood and all this, you know, you kind of know they're official, right? So a lot of them started rolling in, but none of them were Dante. And some people started tweeting at me while I was out at other ceremonies like, that's great, but what's up with Dante? And they were starting to get a little nervous. They were getting a little nervous. Um it was a, he did like a later ceremony. It was like 2 p.m., but it was only like 11 a.m. our time out here on the on the West Coast. Um, but it was making fans a little nervous. He does sign. Um, it is official. He um, Dante talked to ESPN. He didn't. He doesn't. He's not doing a whole lot of interviews uh, and things like that. I don't even know if he had like 24 seven sports or anyone out like there was no I mean. I guess I didn't really look hard, but it's not like he even tweeted any photos of a signing day ceremony or him signing his um, national letter of intent. There's no photos of any of that out there from what I've seen. Um, He's just a super low key dude. He's almost like Charbonnet in that regard, but um, that's my early impression of him. But um, you've seen at least some highlights. I mean, there's, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot different, I guess, for us, like when it's a local kid and we kind of see a lot of different highlights and stuff on our feed um, and on the local stations and stuff like that. But Dante is a guy from Michigan. We usually don't get a whole lot of folks from out that way uh, coming to UCLA, but um, you're getting one here in Dante. Just based on what you have seen, what was there anything that stood out about him? Uh, his throws all, just seem, all seem to be uh, mm-hmm. going where they're supposed to, you know, catching guys in stride, over the shoulder, um, fitting in some 
you know, Windows the only the receiver able to catch the ball, good pocket presence. Um, but yeah, you know, he like he's, we didn't see much, but you know, hopefully it's because he's all business mm-hmm. right, off, right off the jump. You know, yeah, that's uh, that's which, what it sounds like. That's the vibe I'm getting. Which would be you know really good for us. Uh, I just I mean the biggest thing is just yeah him adapting and uh I think as a quarterback just being a leader. That's one of the most important things, and and uh, me being able to see like the growth in Dorian in that aspect, um, I think is big. You know, because once it, when your quarterback's a great leader and you can get the team going and the guys going, mm-hmm. um, I think that just makes everybody better. You know, brings the guys closer, play harder for each other, uh, able to keep you know each other accountable and level headed. So, um. I'm excited to see, yeah, how he adapts him because uh, it's not like he's bringing anybody with him. You know, usually, nah, yeah, yeah. You know, quarterbacks will kind of, you know, have a, a guy mm-hmm. or two that they're familiar with for him. Uh, you know, all this will be new. I don't think any, like, not even a, another player from right from his state is coming mm-hmm. with him. You know, so uh, it, it'll definitely be different. What uh six two. Or six two and a half, excuse me, six two and a half is what I've seen mentioned. Uh, the UCLA graphic had him at six three. I guess they might have been rounding up a little bit, or maybe he grew. I don't know. But uh, hey, hey, the half inch matters. <laughs> they got to get it in there. Twenty four sports has him. Twenty four seven sports has him as six two and a half. UCLA's graphic had him at six foot three. Regardless, though, uh, six two six three, whatever you want to say, and then two hundred and ten pounds uh, for a quarterback. What do What do you think about that? Is I, I don't remember what Dorian is like at this point in his career off the top of my head, but like, where are those measurables? Um, can you read into the, into any of that? Does he need to gain more weight? Um, I, I mean, he's you... pretty, he's a, a little bit bigger than Dorian already now. Um, I imagine he might get a little bit bigger. Uh, oh yeah. Dorian is six, one is listed at six, one, two Oh five. Okay. Did you just get that alert that I just got? Nope. What alert did you just get? Off the air, DJU to Oregon State. Uh, uh where where are you seeing this? I got it off Bleacher Report. Oh, I don't get Bleacher Report, but okay. Oregon State. Yep. That I mean that that's 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 a great that's a that's a that's great for both both sides. It is great for both sides. Actually, you know what? That's the one thing that was probably missing from Oregon State this year was a quarterback and and as i went to dj's twitter page just now looking for um, some official announcement there wasn't one but then i scrolled and i saw his brother mateo and i remembered he's going to oregon so that's the package deal they're going to the same state civil war that's gonna be lit that's gonna be yeah i wonder what big dave's gonna do for that (laughs) i mean he'll be in oregon but what what is he gonna do what is he gonna wear like whose side where is he gonna sit like, what is he going to do? Um, but yeah, so no. So congratulations to DJ. Like I said, I covered uh, an interview DJ when he was, I think, in middle school or something out at a baseball camp. And I know you mentioned that he was out at some of your games as a ball boy at Upland High School. So shout out to DJ. Nothing but uh, positive vibes out this way on the Believe Man. in UCLA football podcast for the, the Pac-12 DJ. is going to be fireworks. Mm-hmm. You got Michael Penix coming back. Bo Nix is coming back. You can have Dante Moore and Colin Schlieb 
and and who else we don't know for UCLA battling out for that quarterback spot. You're going to have Caleb Williams coming back. I'm surprised that I didn't even mention him first, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, the Colorado and the Sanders. Yeah, the Sanders Sanders is going to come. Uh, Cam Rising have another year. Cam Rising does have another year. Supposedly early on in the season, he said he there. I guess he kind of alluded, or I think maybe straight out said that maybe this was going to be his last season. But now I think there's quite a bit of buzz that he might be coming back. I'll learn more about about Cam Rising when he's out here at the Rose Bowl game um, and see where he kind of stands on some of that. But if he comes back. Um, that'd be a great spot. Um, I mean, that that'd put Utah right in a great spot again and put them right back in the mix for Pac-12 championship. Uh, this is this is great. This is this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. You know, for the last year of the Pac-12, it's gonna be exciting. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, there's gonna be fireworks for sure. But back to Dante, like his size and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's like something you, you don't have to worry about because I mean, I think the thing with quarterbacks is like. Is he one of the biggest things is like, is he too small? Can he not see right. over the line? You know, like mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, you know, Bryce Young being 5'10, like, is he, you know, I've heard a lot yeah, of speculation. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like a speculation. And and he's like 190 or something. Like, the speculation is like he's like the one of the smallest quarterbacks mm-hmm. ever might gonna be drafted, uh, first or in the top, whatever. And it's yeah. like with Dante Moore, like you said he's not gonna have to worry about that. And like I said, he probably can get is gonna get a little bit bigger throughout his time, you know training his body and eating right. a certain way. So, I mean, it doesn't look like he has an ounce of fat on him as it is. Dante does. It's funny. I'm looking at the, 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 whatever this historical tab. Yeah. Historical tab for, Do- uh, for Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, freshman year, they had him at six, one, two Oh five for whatever reason, his sophomore year, he was six, one, one ninety seven. Okay. And then his junior year, he was 200. And then his senior years, he was 205 and 205. So I don't know. I guess he just kind of fluctuates around there. But so just based on that, on that size wise, body wise, and what, you know, what the the quarterback position for UCLA has looked like, he, he fits right in based on, you know, whatever the mold was for Dorian there. It's interesting. Um, we kind of talked about Dorian had to have talked to Dante during the trip. It only made sense that was confirmed that, that Dorian and Dante did talk. Um, Chip even said that Dorian was a big part of, of kind of, of, of whatever that the recruiting visit was the official visit for Dante. Uh, Dorian was a big part of that, obviously getting in his ear, letting him know, sharing his experiences, uh, what it was like for him getting time so early on as a freshman, different things like that. I would only imagine they exchange numbers and and that Dorian is going to be more uh, than willing to be a mentor to to Dante in some way um, throughout this process. But um, some other things that were noted, I might've mentioned it during the last one, but Chip, I mentioned again, because Chip said it himself. Some of the things that Dante has that Dorian didn't have the opportunity for, or the advantages of was, he is going to come in as an early enrollee. He'll be there for the spring. Dante will. Um, he's played four years of high school football. Three of those years, including uh, coming off of back-to-back st- uh, state championships in Michigan. Um, you know, Dorian only played the one year at Bishop Gorman as a quarterback his senior year. You're getting a guy in Dante who's played all four years at the position in high school, even as a freshman led them to a, a state championship. So um, a guy who's not only played the position, but has won, has played a lot of football. Um, you start adding some of those playoff games, Josh, that he's played in high school, and that alone 
probably adds up to a fifth season. <laughs> uh, if you're, you know, if you're playing three games a year, you do that three or four times um, during your career. That's another like nine games there. So pretty much five seasons worth of experience for Dante. Um, it, another interesting thing I read, I was watching this short video about him being um, an army all American and learned that, you know, he, he lives with uh, a brother and a sister um a single parent household his father they said works like two jobs one to two jobs different things like that so um you know it, it's going to be cool it's going to be cool for dante especially with this nil money i know there's been some dollar amounts thrown out there but i think um that alone will, will be a, a game changer for him and his family potentially and um yeah uh, one of the things that his high school coaches even said during that video was he's a dude who doesn't didn't really run with that five star label like he was still very encouraging of his teammates you see it and here they have him mic'd up in the videos during a practice and he's like encouraging or just even like playful like it's not very serious or stuck or he's not stuck up or anything and obviously these are just small clips but he just comes across as a good genuine dude and um a humble dude like even his sister was like yeah his first year at martin luther king high in detroit the uh, guys were coming up to him and because he was so talented and saying like, oh, help me. Can you help me with this or that? And he's like, I don't know. I just got here, too. Like, I'm trying to understand and learn things, too. So it was just kind of interesting that like, you know, he he's one he admitted like he even said he's like, I know I don't have all the answers. And if someone is telling me something, then I'm going to listen. I don't just think because I'm a five star that I'm a finished product. Right. So I think that's something that UCLA fans should be excited about it. And if he's getting um his advice from chip kelly um i don't think he can do any wrong and it can only mean good things for his development going forward so that's kind of it for for dante for now again he doesn't talk too much he hasn't had too much out there um just being about his business and um we'll probably just be on on the down low for a little while until I mean, he'll probably, yeah, he'll probably end up being low is he, key. When is he enrolling? He's he's going to be early, so he should be there for the start of spring. That's one okay, of the so things. Not yeah. winter, not January, or maybe even January. Yeah, I think he'll be. He might. Mm, I can't remember the date they said, but he should be there for the start of spring. I mean, can you be there earlier than that? What does an an early enrollee means? January, not spring ball, right? Nah, because we're like the question oh. that that was put on. They asked us on Twitter about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the perk of having quarters because oh, okay, mm-hmm. the the quarters you can enroll at the winter quarter like at the beginning of every quarter, right? So yeah, that's true. Yeah, like we have winter quarter, spring quarter. So like, for instance, in my class, Josh Rosen came in January, where me and A Metters came in the spring. Gotcha. So we okay. came in April. So then you really want, um, yeah, okay. Because so that, that's right. That's yeah. the yeah. That's the perk of it as a athletic, you know, for athletics in school. For gotcha. a student, however, yeah, not, you not know, as great. Yeah, because corticism is pretty fast. You know, it's like it's like you're just moving through classes like at a quicker, you know, rate. So like it's like a week or two, bam, midterm. You know, like yeah, expect, midterm, yeah, midterm, final. Sure. Like, it just happens so quick. So like that's I think like the con of having, um quarter system but like for athletics and then the purpose of enrollment and and things of that nature that's what's so wonderful about the quarter system um there and then the beginning of the season um Mm -hmm. not having class those first three games is always nice so like usually i think it's like 
a month into the into the season, um, UCLA starts school. So like those first you know few games, it's like yeah. you know almost like the NFL where you um, it's really just ball. You know you have to worry about about school. So right. some perks. And that that question came in, and that question came in from George on Twitter. So shout out to George. Uh, for that question, we'll take some other questions here from the actually asked the last episode um, that we didn't get to. So um, I might sprinkle some of those in. But I do want to talk about and run through some of the signing class um, outside of Dante because you had a, a bunch of other guys sign. Um, at first, I was thinking this was the biggest class just because there were so many booms from Ethan Young. I was like, what? I'm like, geez. But I think like two years ago, they had a class of 19. Um, so this one's only 13. Um, one didn't sign and that's, uh, Ethan O'Connor was the one I went out to his signing day too. Malachi Nelson, who's, um, one of the other top five quarterbacks for this class committed to USC from Los Alamitos, but Ethan O'Connor was the one I was there for. Um, and then found out he actually was not signing on that day. Um, sounds like He's still working on a few things, and and uh, I did talk to his high school coach. Sounds like he's working on a few things. No real deadline yet on when he'll sign. I asked if he'll sign in February, and they said they're not sure. So, hmm. um, we'll we'll see what happens with that. He's a three star athlete, six one, one seventy. Remains to be seen. We'll have to keep an eye out on his status. Um, you do have a few guys in here. You do have some athletes that we found out their position. Uh, one, if you're, I'm assuming you're looking at the list, Josh, but Donovan yeah. Pellot, um, is a guy from Las Vegas, Nevada, um, from Silverado high school. He's listed as an athlete. Um, I think he's going to be a linebacker if I remember correctly for UCLA and is a guy that, um, Brandon Huffman, the director for, of 24 seven or national recruiting director for 24 seven sports spoke very highly about. Uh, when I when I was like, tell me about this class. Tell me, you know, obviously there's Dante Moore, but tell me who who else uh, stands out in this class. And I didn't want to give him any names, but like he just shouted out um, um, Donovan. And I'm like, oh, OK, wasn't expecting that. And he goes, yeah, one of the lower guys in the recruiting class for UCLA, but is a dude that um, is like he's only he's listed as the eighth best prospect from Nevada, but Brandon Huffman said he's easily like a top three guy from the state of Nevada, and he says he's a guy who's going to be a good get down the road for UCLA. Um, so he's going to be one of those guys that fans maybe should get on that hype train a little, maybe not the hype train, but but you we love here yeah first. We, we love a good underdog. We love a good underdog, a nice nice under the radar guy, and he said and and he kind of said because of of where he was playing at you know like kind of like out in california we have division 1 division 2 division 3 like you mm-hmm. have all these guys and you have division um yeah bishop gorman from division 1 really kind of tearing it up and being the the who's who in the state of nevada he said brandon huffman said the main reason why uh donovan kind of went under the radar a little bit was just cuz he did not play at bishop gorman and played at maybe a lower division but outside of that said he's he's about a, a solid of a dude and one of the most valuable players on his team in the state of Nevada. So um, I made sure to mention that in some of the articles I wrote and, and is a guy that um, could end up being a gem in this class, much like we talked about with John Gaines. Again, a guy who was a three-star, but at the very bottom of that 2018 class ends up being a two, three-year starter on that offensive line. Um, Jeremiah McClure, uh, 
and Trey Edwards, a pair of guys from modern day Catholic. Um, that's in Chula Vista out in the San Diego area. Uh, Jeremiah McClure, a receiver, um, both him and Trey Edwards, Trey Edwards, Trey Edwards is a linebacker. Both of those guys were part of back-to-back CIF state championship wins. And that's the big trend I got out of this whole recruiting class, Josh, is you had Trey Edwards and Jeremiah McClure. You had RJ Jones and Ty Lee from St. John Bosco. And then you had Grant Bucky um, down there from Liberty out in Bakersfield. All five of those guys, including Dante. So six guys total are came off a uh, championship season. They won. They all won state championships. And I asked Chip about that. I said, Chip, is is it a coincidence that six of the guys, half of your recruiting class, um, come from teams that won state state championships? And he said, No. Like that's that's part of what we want. Like that's we want a winning culture. We want to we want to help bring that to UCLA. Um, we want guys that know how to win, even if they weren't necessarily maybe even the top athlete at that at that program or they weren't like you know um in every down starter or something like that he said these are guys that have played against tough competition and played at some of the highest levels and you know obviously they're experienced guys having played beyond what the normal 10 game schedule is for at the high school level so these guys are bringing in bringing in winning experience a winning mindset um experience and, and that's the thing that chip loved more than anything else about this class was the fact that he has a couple winners coming on on a board onto this team. So Jeremiah McClure, um, 6'2", 195. Um, I've seen him. I'm not I'm not very familiar with the quarterback. Didn't get a chance to see Jeremiah in person, but seemed like a guy, if the ball's up in the air, he's going to be able to get it and make a play. Um, that's one thing that stands out about him. He's a four-star receiver. Another one is Grant Gray from Norco, the longest tenured or longest standing commit of the guys that did sign, um, uh, he did. He committed back in April, so he's been in the mix and chatting up guys and, and getting in their ear and doing some recruiting along the way. He's a 6'3", 180 receiver from Narco, as I mentioned. Um, I had a chance to see him play a couple times. Um, first play of the game, they're playing against poor Corona High School. They never stood a chance. Throws The quarterback throws a deep one up on him, Josh. First play of the game after. This was only after they returned a kickoff for a touchdown. The first play of the game throws a throws a little pass up in the air. Grant Gray is the only one who can get it. Brings it down. Easy touchdown. Two plays into the game, they already had two touchdowns. It was ridiculous. So um, Grant Gray is a guy. Saw I think I've seen him play two or three times. Talked to him before. Good dude. Um, and and the one common thing is it seems like a lot of these guys played with each other. Whether that was on seven on seven or um, you know and. Uh, Pop Warner or something like that. A lot of these guys, there's common threads between a, long, a lot of these guys. Um, RJ Jones and Trey Edwards. No, not Trey Edwards. Ty Lee and RJ Jones are two guys that I did talk to on signing day, went out to their signing day ceremony, and they um, seem to have good things to say about, and they were both dra- uh, recruited by different guys. Um, Ty Lee, even though both of them are safeties, defensive backs, um, Ken Norton Jr. was big on bringing in Ty Lee, and then Brian Norwood was big on bringing in R.J. Jones. The thing about R.J. Jones that he told me that stood out um, was that he reminds him a lot of Stephen Blaylock. Because, because I asked him, I said, being being a defensive back from St. John Bosco and knowing what Stephen Blaylock has been, 
does it mean anything? Did, did you watch Stephen Blaylock? And he goes, yes, actually, Brian Norwood actually said, I remind him of Stephen Blaylock. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> they already know where he fits in. Go ahead, Josh. As soon as soon as I see him the St. John Bosco, I'm like, which mm-hmm. one, like which one of these guys is going to be yeah. the the successor yeah. to to you know Blaylock? Yeah. R.J. Jones is going to be that guy for you. Yep, very well. Yeah, and go ahead. I mean, Coach Coach Norton, uh, looking at Tylee, I mean, mm-hmm. but essentially, like looking at his frame, that that could mean, um, you know, potentially switching the linebacker. Could at some point, uh, yeah. His frame. Mm-hmm. Six three one ninety, you know he might have the frame to end up being a you know a six three two thirty guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm saying like the, the thing about like high school recruits, um, it's like you could recruit them as something, but you never know what they're gonna grow into. Yeah, you know exactly. And yeah, even you know even for me, I was recruited by Coach Meat, but at the same time, like Coach Brick saw me as what I could potentially be, mm-hmm. and I came in at two hundred and I left at two thirty. Yeah, you know what i'm saying where it's like right and throughout the time like there's a point where i was too like almost 250 like damn wait wait, what year was that (laughs) going into my sophomore year i was really trying to be like a mike linebacker like i was like damn and you were probably hitting that freshman you coming out that freshman 15 freshman 50 yeah freshman 50 god damn (laughs) i'm saying so you were enjoying that food yeah just because you recruited to play one position is you potentially could grow into something else so it'd be interesting to see where um some of the guys that are kind of like in the middle Mm -hmm. see what what you know where they end up yeah no doubt no doubt about it um so rj jones was just interesting from the standpoint of like as soon as i said stephen blaylock like he's like oh yep Heard about anytime I'm, he said, anytime I'm watching a UCLA football game, I'm always paying attention to see what Stephen Blaylock is doing. Like he said, like, I mean, yeah. And playing, you're going to, of course, you're going to watch your position Mm -hmm. and of course you're going to watch your guy. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the position I want to play. This is a guy that went to my high school. I'm similar, you know, because Mm -hmm. yeah, when you're going, you're, you as a high school recruit when you're going to these college games you want to see what it would like imagine yourself what it would look like what the guy before you is doing Mm -hmm. what the coaches are telling them to do you know because like that factors into your decision of like okay i'm seeing one of the reasons why i pick you like i'm seeing um eric kendricks how they use him how they're using Mm -hmm. using miles jack how they use anthony barr how they uh were using kenny young um you know, and just how those guys, you can see how they're being coached, see how their their play style is and be like, oh, okay, I can do that. I fit in that versus you looking at other schools and you're like, mm, you know, like this, uh, this, that doesn't really look like it fit my play style. You know, is that, is that the type of player they want you to be or is that their, mm-hmm. their scheme, you know, like all those types right. of things have to factor in. So for him to have seen Blaylock come from Bosco, understand, you know, mm-hmm. what he's like, what his play style is like. You know, I guarantee it was like, yeah, he's leaving. I could come in, yep, do what he did, try to break his his consecutive starts record, uh, right? That all the power to him if he can do it. Not a lot of people are able to do that, even if they tried. But no, R.J. Jones will definitely uh, be a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, and not bad if you have a comp that is close to Stephen Blaylock, based on what he's been able to do. Um, another one that stands out for me, and I guess I'm kind of going just in order down the list here a little bit, but Luke Duncan, uh, 6'6", oh, excuse me, 6'6 six, six and a half, um, 185 quarterback, three-star prospect, 
Um, they make sure when they talk about Dante, they also just mention Luke. I think they like they like Luke a lot. He was uh, been committed to them for some time as well. Um, it was in the recruiting class way before Dante was even kind of brought back into the picture, et cetera, et cetera. But they they seem very high on Luke and what he can do. Um, they they like him. They they say good things about him. He's a Northern California guy, so I didn't get a chance to see him a whole lot. It was kind of under the radar for me. Um, mm-hmm. but but they keep bringing him up and they they like him. Like even uh, Brandon Huffman again talking to him about the recruiting class said nothing but good things about Luke. Yeah, and even even though you're getting a kid like Dante, like it's you know, mm-hmm. in college it's really important to 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 have depth. You know, re- regarding anything can happen situation, you know, all mm-hmm. the types types of thing, because when the season starts, there's no free agency. You can't just, you know, mm-hmm. pick up a, pick up a, a, you know, like in the NFL, you can't just pick up a guy and they play the next week. So it's like, like a Josh Rosen, the Vikings picked up Josh Rosen this past week. Did you hear that? Yeah. So I'm saying it's yeah. like, you can't, you can't, and you college, you can't do that. So mm-hmm. um, you need to build that up and, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the other quarterbacks on the, on the roster if they want to hit the portal and in all that situation. Um, and also just, you know, recruiting guys based on uh, what they can do for your program besides, you know, being on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy like a Chase Griffin who, you know, has been a, a role model on and off the field, what he brings to the room. Like I said, other guys in the room are um, – should be helping with scouting reports and stuff like that. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, so having another quarterback like that, you know, maybe they see those potential things, if not competing for the job, you know, so um, we'll see how that, how that shakes out. Yep. It should be interesting. And again, another one is solemn. I believe it's Solomon. I, I haven't worked on the pronunciation. He's from Hawaii, uh, Malifu, uh, linebacker, six, one, two twenty five. How tall are you, Josh? Or how tall were you coming out of high school? About six two and a half. Okay, okay. So he's kind of he got he's kind of like a mini Josh over here. Um, no, so I don't know too much about him, but ranked third, um, third in this overall in the state of Hawaii. Um, you know, there's some some coaches that are familiar with the the state of Hawaii and going in there and getting some talent. So again, haven't watched too much on, on Malifu, but I'm assuming he's going to be a guy for sure uh, down the road. There's a lot of linebackers in this class, Josh. I mean, I, I feel you like got two, I think one didn't of them have the, yeah. the most depth, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, recruiting is filling holes. Um, and with, with Darius, I'm pretty sure he's coming back, but next I believe year he's being, coming back. Yeah. Next year being his last year, you're going to have to, I mean, you're going to need, um mm-hmm. replacements um came adrano it might be his last year next year i believe maybe just based on eligibility if i remember correctly yeah but just you oh. know not mm-hmm. like i said the more depth the better um and hopefully you don't know, bring young guys and develop them and, and get them ready to go and contributing because i feel like the defense this year wasn't as deep as it was the previous year mm-hmm. um and there's occasions where i felt like the the defense, you know, looked tired and we looked thin out there and that could have um, been the result of, you know, those that that kind of stretch where the defense was, you know, mm-hmm. DC was out and the defense was, um, you know, injuries and all those types of things. Speaking of that stretch, a lot of that stretch there at the end had to do with Bill McGovern not being um, calling the plays there for the defense and whatnot. 
Bill McGovern has continued to coach during and being a part of practice and being involved and stuff. So he's looking like he'll be back for the Sun Bowl and maybe even further beyond that. But Chip said he was feeling good and it looks like he might be coaching the Sun Bowl. Just wanted to mention that before I forgot. Real quick, just want to make sure we get through everybody. Um, a couple guys from Liberty, defensive linemen, both from Liberty, but from different areas. One's from Bakersfield and the other one is from Henderson, Henderson Nevada, which uh, is, oh yeah, that's where he Chris Barnes is from. He's the the Bakersfield one, right? Yeah, he's from Liberty's Bakersfield. Yeah, I forgot about that. Carl Jones is from Bakersfield, but I don't know if he went to Liberty High School, though. I don't think he did, but I think they had another Ben Benjamin Royce, I think might be from there too. Um, but that was part of what Chip was saying was like they go back to high schools where they know they've gotten guys from, and especially if they're successful ones, like a Chris Barnes. He didn't mention that, but that makes sense. Um, yeah, you're gonna go back to that well, and that's why they keep going back to the Bosco well and all that other stuff, right? So uh that makes sense. And again, I guess it makes sense that they went back to Summit for a look as well, and they got Tuvake. Um, I guess they have them listed as an inside or what what what's an what an eye? I'm guessing I'm guessing interior, interior O lineman. Yeah, interior O lineman. Um I know he's a lineman, but I guess yeah, the eye would be yeah, an interior. But he's a guy who's played both ways actually. Um offensive line and defensive line. I think I mentioned him last week. He's the one who said um he he even inquired about, hey, can I play defense? Like he I think he kind of likes playing defense, but is okay playing offense. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if 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 they need to or if he asked maybe two years from now saying, hey, how about defense? So um, a guy who can play on either side of the ball, but Tavake um, was one of the later kind of commits that came in when there was a whole bunch of booms going off uh, from Ethan Young. But Tavake, someone he didn't he did sign, but he was back in Hawaii, I think, for winter break. Um, is supposed to do some sort of ceremony in January. So I might go out then and talk to him, but haven't heard too much about him. Haven't talked to him too much, um, but have talked to his high school coach a little bit. And that's where Damien Alloway is from, who was also at UCLA. Um, was it, was he the same class as you or was he Lokenny's? Yeah. He's Lokenny's classmate. Yeah. 2016. Um, and then another one, just to kind of wrap it up. Um, Isaiah Carlson listed as an athlete from Ferndale, Washington, 6'2", 225 pounds. When you hear that kind of measure measurables, um, do you have a position in mind for him? I'll tell you what position they're going to use him for, but I'm just curious based on that. Cause I didn't really know, but I guess I'd say linebacker as from out of high school, I would, I would think linebacker. He's going to be a running back. So they, well, they're, I'm, I'm running... not mad at it. I mean, but it's six, but uh, two twenty. I mean, is that good? that's good for a line for a running back as a freshman? Coach I mean, Foster, not... Coach Foster likes having a stable and a and a mm -hmm. plethora of backs that can do of all shapes things. and sizes, right? That's yeah, right. <laughs> so it doesn't hurt to have a big back. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, they got another big back in the transfer portal. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah. Speaking of big backs, um, and it's weird because I'm not sure if a lot of these guys have signed, but they're they're committed. The guys on the portal, um. Anthony Atkins, a guy who was a running back, but did not at, running back at Army, but did not play last year. So he had a whole year off. Really, you're not getting a whole lot of guys that take a whole year off and have luck in the portal uh, doing that. But but you're getting a very healthy Anthony Atkins, I would imagine. Um, three star running back. Um, I saw some plays where he broke off some plays at Army, looked pretty good. Um, I think some of the guys on Twitter spaces were saying he kind of reminds them of a Britton Brown, 
who was more of a, a just get the ball and let him run. Actually, when in the army clip that I did see, the first one I saw, they had him, they were saying fullback. And I was like, oh. It I mean, but, this, but, but I mean, place, yeah, it's different. Right, than, right. Yeah. But, but still, but, 222. I mean, maybe, uh, is he like a short yardage situation? I mean, he could break out a run, but is he a guy maybe you're putting out the goal line if, if he's being used in that capacity? And Coach Foster, we trust. You know, <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. They're going to be in that road. Yeah. They're going to get coached up to be the best, and they're going to be, you know, they're going to reach their potential. So, no, no doubt about it. Another one to be excited about, Josh. We haven't talked about this one. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. I believe he was, from what I read, he was a top five tight end in the country. Um, uh, Molaki Matavo spent one year with Oregon and is going to be coming into UCLA. Um not that he necessarily played with Dante, but you're getting another guy from Oregon at the very least. Um, you know, they've been poaching from Oregon out there in UCLA. But no, this is a guy, I think, especially if a ZK is moving on. I think I think you mentioned Hammermill may have another year. But, um, I mean, even if you're getting Hammermill and this dude, um, Matavo, um, I may be saying that name wrong. I haven't had a chance to hear it pronounced yet. But, um can't go wrong with the tight end in the Chip Kelly system, right? Yeah, I think Chip Kelly loves tight ends. And, you know, like you said, with Zeke leaving, um, you know, it's important that they, you know, kind of replace him. I know they have some other tight ends that have been kind of cooking, you know, and yeah, learning and yeah. growing in the system that, I, you know, probably have breakout years next year. But mm-hmm. um, the more the merrier for tight ends and running backs in the, in the Chip Kelly offense. You know, he likes his 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 three tight end sets. Yeah. which is really, really rare. Um, and if you, I mean, if you do your job and you block, you will get fed the ball in the system. So mm-hmm. um, six, six, two forty, And I think that actually, that just reminded me because they got two tight ends um, that were at the top of the tight end list last year. If I remember correctly, I know Jack Peterson was one from um, Vista Marietta. This guy, the thing I, the thing that stood out to me was that he's coming from Oregon after just one year. So this is a guy who still has three years of eligibility left. Like you're not getting a one year dude, right? Like he's not just going to be up oh, senior tight end. He's going to be a senior next year. He's going to be a tight end. Put him as your starter and let him like just go. He's a guy who can be a contributor early on. He could be a guy who can get and learn the system, be involved, develop into the blocker too. They may want him to be and all that good stuff. So I think that's great as well. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about Spencer. Holstage yet um, a guy who can come in and and I think some of the guys on Twitter spaces would tell me will likely be the guy who comes in and fill in for Mafi. Um, he's a guy from Purdue transferred in. I don't know if we talked about him last week, um, but he, he was an all big 10 guy. So when you talk about UCLA recruiting big 10 or going to the big 10, why not get some talent from the big 10? Um, a guy on that offensive line. Um, and I'm sure he will be a key addition to what they do next year. I think, I think much like O'Neal was this year, you're going to look at that offensive line and say, wow, this is a good pickup for them out of the portal again this year. I think that's what Spencer's going to be. Um, Some of the other guys we've talked about in the portal, um, Chip Kelly said there's that January window of two or three days where they're going to get some more. It's a portal only. Guys only from the portal can visit during that time in January, and he said they're going to be getting some guys coming in for, for more visits. So 
they'll probably, I think for sure, get another offensive lineman from the portal, I would imagine. Um, but there's still plenty of activity UCLA will be involved in. Just alone, 24-7 sports, based on the guys that they have. UCLA, UCLA already has the third-ranked portal uh, class, transfer rank. They're already number three. Um, and 24-7 sports had them in their own rankings as a top 25 class overall um, with their high school signees, 37 in the composite ranking. So UCLA is moving up there. UCLA is doing some good things on that front. They're building some depth. Some people still think Chip Kelly should get fired, which I think is kind of crazy, considering the fact that if it wasn't for Chip Kelly, I do not think Dante Moore would be here. Um, just real quick on Dante. They said they went and were recruiting Dante two years ago. They had quarterback coach Ryan Gunderson go out to Michigan and look at this dude. And they built a little bit of a relationship with him. But, um, you know, once he kind of committed to Oregon and stuff and he was he heavy on Kenny Dillingham and stuff like that, um, they kind of, you know, kind of stepped away and, and started recruiting other guys and stuff like that. But um, something I should have mentioned earlier to you, Josh, was Dante Moore didn't have UCLA in his top 10 or I think his top five when he committed to Oregon. And Chip Kelly said that Dante reached out to UCLA when things started changing at Oregon. UCLA didn't go to him. That's what Chip said. Chip said that Dante called them. Is that a, that's a sign? That's a good sign, right? If you get a five star quarterback calling you, yeah. And I, I mean, I wonder what direction that UCLA was heading before him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because it all happened last minute, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that was an interesting nugget that, that I kind of took away. Um, a lot of the other guys in the recruiting class that I talked to were super excited to get Dante in as well. Um, you know, everyone was sharing the hashtag, including those recruits. So uh, shout out to the UCLA staff and Ethan Young and all the booms and different things. I've kind of been having some boom withdrawals. I keep checking my phone thinking I'm going to miss a recruit, not realizing we're on the other day of signing day. But with the portal, um, there's still time for guys to commit that way. So um, overall, Josh, were there any of the prospects, uh, anything, anything that I ran over? With with some of the recruiting class that kind of caught your eye, um, I think you know we're just addressing you know some of the the needs, you know, mm -hmm. moving going into next year, uh, you know, getting quarterback that you know have some receivers for him, um, and then you know some of the key seniors leaving on defense, you know, trying to get, you know, replacements for those guys. So it'll be exciting to see you know spring ball and and moving next year. Like we said earlier, like just the Pac-12 is so loaded. So mm -hmm. um, it's going to be real important to just bring in these new guys and, and have them, you know, develop is going to be uh, good, you know, for that. We ha do have some seniority in these other positions to, you know, bring some of these other guys around um, and along. So no man, doubt we'll, we'll see what happens then. I mean, and then excited, of course, for this bowl game next week. No doubt about it. Um, let's get out of here with one or two questions, uh, real quick, if I can find them. Uh, this is from Christopher Gorham, or Gorham. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. Um, but he said, "Question for Woodsy: When recruits are guests at a game, does it matter? Does it matter whether the team wins or not? Generally, does the outcome of the game affect how recruits see the program?" 
I see two sides of that. Um, one, um, I see like if you're there for, you know, the atmosphere is better, of course, when a team is winning, um, the coaches and everybody's more better energy, like after the mm-hmm. game and, and, you know, that type of things when the team is winning, um, you're thinking like, yeah, like I'm going to a winning program or like, you know, that type of thing on the flip side, if I was a coach, it's like, that's a recruiting tool. If you lose the game to kind of pivot mm-hmm. that and like, we're losing this game, you know, because we need guys like you to come here. That's just a way that, you know, I would look at it as a, you know, as a recruit, like, dang, okay, how can I help impact and help this team start winning? So, I mean, like I said, there's two sides to that. You know, I've been on officials where a team loses and the guy commits. I've been, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, winning and a guy, you know, so it's like either way, it's just, I feel like it, it's all about the fit and the way it's pitched and, and, and saw by the recruit. And I think RJ Jones, who we talked about earlier from St. John Bosco, was a good example of that. I believe he was at the game on a visit or visit or, you know, was there for a game. And then either as soon as the game ended, he was a boom, like right after the game ended. Um, I remember Ethan Young posting the video of them with the water bottles in the locker room. And then like two minutes later, it says boom. And I was like, oh, and it ended up being RJ Young or not RJ Young, um, RJ Jones. So he committed right after one of the games. I can't remember which one it was. Um, another one, this was from a couple weeks ago or from before the last episode, Jack from Twitter asked, um, is the hashtag Dante to LA actually impactful? Do you think when a fan base rallies around a recruit or, or when you are a recruit and you see things on social media, the way these guys, when they say you're, you have an offer committed and everyone's like, come to Westwood, yada, yada. Is, is, do you guys find that stuff impactful? Did it, did a lot of I that kind of i mean it's, it's always cool like you know what i'm saying and like that's a i know that you know it's like good feeling to see you know support from a fan base that you're potentially going to go to um ultimately do i think it's it's gonna make or break you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe not but i mean of course a kid wants to go to a school where a fan base is actually you know receptive and loving and supportive and that type of thing now you know a fan base that's hating or doesn't care too much so um do i think it was the deterring factor maybe not but i do think it it helped a little bit no. Gotcha. Um, real quick before I forget, there are two still two recruits out there that UCLA is in the mix for. One of them is Roderick Pleasant from Sarah High School. I know Caleb Wilson has been been tweeting him up a little bit, comes from the same high school um, out there in Gardena, if I remember correctly. A lot of the, the tweets I've seen from the UCLA fans. Um, I think just based on his on his level of, of, of you know, where he's being recruited and stuff, I think USC's in the mix, too. Um, but UCLA is also involved. I think he has the potential to be, um, you know, one of these early starters, much like a Kirkwood is on that for a defensive back. Um, it could be one of those future guys for that defensive back room. Um, another one was Sua from Modern Day. I'm blanking on him, but he had things like Leviticus Sua, Leviticus, yeah, something like that. He's going to announce at the Poly Bowl. He has Arizona, Stanford, and UCLA in that mix, and a lot of people are kind of laughing at the Arizona thing because they're like, "Oh, look, look at the academic schools with UCLA and Stanford." I won't rule out Arizona because they're hot right now. That boy Jed Fish over there recruiting. He's recruiting them boys, and he just got Justin Flo from Upland, as we talked about before. Um, who else? He got some other guys. Tyler Manoa went over there, right? Tyler yeah, Manoa he got went some D lineman from Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's he got a few guys up there. Yeah, they made some noise. They they look pretty impressive. Um, 
during this recruiting cycle. So we'll see. Maybe Sua goes over there um, or maybe he comes to UCLA. So that remains to be seen. But those are two names that that are kind of still out there. Um, as we kind of head off, Josh, I'm kind of curious when you signed with UCLA, what happens next in the process? Are you you finishing up school? I mean, some it sounded like some of the Bosco guys were maybe already kind of done with finals, maybe, but like, like what comes next? What is the next move? What what helps with the transition to now getting in, going to getting ready, set up, moving into UCLA? I mean, my process was like relatively pretty quick. I mean, I had committed that summer, but I mean, at the end, it was coming down to like if I was going to flip or not to Oregon, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, during my official, I was like, yeah, I'm locked in, um, which was at the end of January. Um, my official at the coach were already telling me like, um, yeah, we want you to come in early. And I think signing day was that following week. Yeah. So it's, it's the so, first week of February is. Yeah. When it so, is, yeah. So, um, I knew that they wanted me to get in early signed and then worked on, um, worked on that. So I had pretty much from signing day to spring ball to, to finish up classes because I, I, I wasn't like, I only, I had to still finish up my senior classes. Like I didn't yeah. have it set up for me to just graduate early. Like right. I had to a whole process of that. And then I was straight into spring ball. So like my situation would be different than a guy that's just, you know, mm. well, they're signing earlier now too. <laughs> that's that's part yeah. Of so it. Yeah. like a guy that's coming in the summer, like I'm not really sure how that works. Mm. Um, like, you know, guys came out to like to watch spring ball and like mm-hmm. would coaches would allow them in meetings and stuff like that to kind of start learning. But like, oh, wow. OK, nothing, you know, nothing was they didn't really start anything until they got here in the summer. So um, you kind of I feel like for those guys, you got to pretty much do whatever you want for, you know, the back end and just enjoy being in in, in um, your senior year of high school. But like I said, for me, it was pretty quick of like, or right, I signed Bam Marty. Mm-hmm. I'm already at UCLA and I'm, you know, already enrolled and all that type of thing. And I'm doing, doing everything that I signed to do up to do. So, um, yeah, I'm not really sure how it works for other guys. And even with that, like when you sign, you know, you do your signing day thing. I don't know if they were doing the iPads stuff sign in yet, or did you have the fax yours in? Did you fax yours in? I know they were still doing that for a while. You might've been a part nah, of Nah, I think it was like an app. It was like when those sign in. Yeah, the PDF sign things or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I signed on my phone in like oh, okay, really early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, because they want everyone early. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. They had me down at St. John Bosco at like eight in the morning, or nine in the morning. But in my high school, Downey, they had a kid that was coming to Oklahoma or to Oregon State. Ooh, I just remember. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting. Um, Anthony Childs, his was at eight a.m. So I know he had a probably sent his in earlier but um four-star quarterback he'll probably sit behind dj for a year and wouldn't have a problem with it but um yeah i i think it, it's just interesting how early i was just curious what the process was for you and 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 hearing that they had you get up early may, sounds about right for how they have these guys up early because they want to know who's coming they don't want they don't want to be sitting here waiting or, or flips and all of that or yeah and, the, and there's cases where um well i mean i feel like it's a little bit different too because now it's early sign day but like for mine in particular like i mean a lot of like guys it came down to their espn like art like mm-hmm. my class was like throughout the day espn announcements yeah. of, of like and they signed after they announced so like mm-hmm. um spots open up and close throughout throughout the day back then right. but now i mean it's just so different because these high school classes are so much smaller and guys are kind of like 
mm-hmm. deciding earlier or at the senior games and then the classes are smaller because the the grad you know transfer portal so yeah um i imagine it's like very different now than how it was for me so no doubt about it but thank you again josh appreciate it we'll be back next week talking about the bowl game whether it's before or after because the game is on a friday so i guess before we'll probably talk about it um and yeah lots of stuff to talk about um throughout this off season and much much more uh don't forget to subscribe rate leave a comment all that great stuff and uh we'll talk to you guys in the next one thank you guys so much Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.